This is a Soulfire production. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Back at it again today with a fun one. Gonna try and have some fun. I've been scouring the internet for any news over the past week that has been um, worthwhile to share, but it's just a bunch of partisan bullshit these days. So, yeah. We're gonna have some fun with ads. A couple of ads have come out that have been really fun. Really fun and interesting, and I think they're worth... They're worthwhile, but I also want to share something. Um, I just got shadow banned for the first time ever. Well, not just. It was a, it was about almost two weeks ago now. Um, about 10 days ago, actually. I got shadow banned from TikTok. I got shadow banned from TikTok, and here's why. I don't post... Um, things that I mean to be purposefully offensive, but I do get fired up. I do get angry. I do get, uh, I mean, I don't say necessarily angry, but I, I am a passionate observer of, of the state of things as anybody who listens to this podcast knows. And, um, I rambled on and said that, um, that bike stores were more essential than churches. And then I said that, uh, Christians were entitled. And I stand by those views. Um, I'll stick with them. But given that um, I, I had had a video go viral on the on the platform that was making fun of Joe Biden uh, and had accumulated a handful of um, MAGA Trump supporting type, you know, conservative Christians, uh, they didn't appreciate that. And the best I can gather is that I got reported, um, probably for some kind of hate speech, I guess. Um, so that's really been interesting thing to realize that I got shadow banned for saying that bike stores are more essential than churches. But here's the deal. Bike stores are more essential than churches and Christians are entitled. Are they very entitled in this country? I would love to see a country where there was a more balance between religious affiliations and more respect among Christians for other religious affiliations. Because here, the thing about Christianity that really, that really grinds my gears is that based on their belief system, they, they find validation or some sort of salvation through projecting their belief systems onto everyone around them and um, believing that what they have is the right way, the right way to be. They have it all figured out because they're bathed in the blood and they've, They've, they've given their, their, their soul over to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, which I get. That's cool. Like, do your thing. I, I'm not opposed to your religious beliefs. I'm opposed to them being projected onto the rest of the world. I don't really I think it's a good idea that an entire stadium of people should be forced to pray in a Texas football game in a, in a Christian manner beforehand. I think that alienates a, a large group of people. I mean, shit, when I'm sitting around my my um, a Thanksgiving dinner table <laughs> and everybody wants to pray, which is fine, 
and it's my parents doing their thing. We wouldn't do the same if it was at my uh, at my house. But me and my brothers just sit there and like look at each other and just kind of look around the room, and we make faces at each other and, and we're dickheads about it. But you know, we choose not to participate and kind of make fun of it. But it is one of those things where I think, you know, I wasn't planning on going on this rant, but but the entitlement of Christianity when it comes to denial of science, denial of where we're at, denial of of respect for other religious affiliations. You know, I had my stepdad tell me that because I lean Buddhist that that um, I, I worshipped false teachings. That to me, and I took it with a grain of salt and didn't get offended by it, but it's a, that could be offensive. If I told Christians that, they would be very offended, very triggered. Um, so to see, you know, something that I use as a platform to grow an audience and to share content, to share thoughts and share opinions. And I don't pretend that this is unbiased by any means. I'm, I'm highly biased. Uh, but to see people get upset by that and then seek to damage the way that I do my job um, is really disheartening and doesn't do anything to make me think otherwise of Christians. It's like, oh, well, you, you, you're so entitled that your belief system is, is, a, is the right one that you're going to punish someone for criticizing it. But I can scroll through the feed and see some 17-year-old kid who probably hasn't had sex talk about how wrong abortions are and how they're murder, which further piles on shame to anyone who has had an abortion, which is the last thing that needs to happen when someone's had to go through that. And that's not... That that's not frowned upon via community guidelines. So really interesting to see how how people in that that frame of mind conduct themselves. And to piggyback off of that, if you like this show, support is very, very validating. So if you can head over to, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, maybe share it with some people that you think would get into it. We have a good time here. This is something I do because I really do, really, really do enjoy it. And um, politics and human behavior are two things that I've been curious about and, and somewhat fascinated with for a long time. So to be able to bring them together into this show has been, has been something I'm incredibly grateful for incredibly grateful for and anybody who's out there listening right now. I want you to know that I'm really grateful that you take your time to listen to this show and you know, the internet will be what it will be. One thing that's been really on my mind lately is how much people are being censored uh, for all kinds of things, things that are labeled misinformation that are not misinformation. Now, I mean, there may be data that may be data that's, that's, that's counter to counter to um, <laughs> the popular opinion or the popular way of thinking, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's misinformation. So we've got to be really on top of, of understanding where censorship is appropriate and where it is really unjust because the distribution systems that we get our information from used to be kind of wild and free. You know, YouTube used to be wild and free, Twitter, the same thing, Facebook, the same thing. And there was something great about that. And now having foreign influence, and our elections kind of kind of put the kibosh on a lot of that. And whenever they deplatformed Alex Jones, you know, Alex Jones is fucking crazy, but he has a right to say what he wants to say. And you're going to deplatform him because it is a private company and they can do whatever they want. But they kind of got together and deplatformed him. And that to me set a bad precedent. It set a bad precedent. And 
know, I don't think I've ever really been all that affected by censorship, but what I'm noticing now is that it stings, man. It really does. And when you put a lot of time and effort and, you know, we're paying people to do these videos and create this content and make this as high level as we can and do the best that we possibly can to have people get their feelings hurt and, and punish you for that is, is really, this doesn't feel okay. It does not feel okay to me. And it's, it's, it may be a small thing and it's fucking TikTok and who cares? Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, there's, there's so much more to it than that. You know, I, I sit here and watch something I've been working on for a long time grow and expand. Um, that being my YouTube channel, which is like, oh, this is this is getting some traction. This is going somewhere. This this can be something for me to move forward. But now I've got to conduct myself. I've got to censor myself so I don't upset Christians. I've got to censor myself now. I've got to tone down my way of speaking and make sure. Oh, now in the back of my mind, it's like I don't want. I don't want. Christians to get upset because they're the ones that hit that report button and say this is this is harmful or abusive content because I said bike stores are more essential than churches so the point of that being if you can support in any way go to the YouTube channel all the links are in the description of this podcast subscribe share this podcast I mean if we're man it's going to take grassroots to do to do this thing and it's you know not to be hyperbolic or, or anything like that, but this is a, it's an interesting time we live in and, and the a level of censorship and, and how certain platforms have the capacity to throttle lots of people who have opinions that are contrary to the popular ones. They're contrary to popular knowledge. I guess knowledge and knowledge is used really loosely there. But the common knowledge, it's really interesting to see how this is all shaking out. But we are going to have some fun today. I'm a little bit fired up for obvious reasons. And we're going to be talking about a Biden ad and a Trump ad, as well as Biden putting his foot in his mouth yet again. Um, and we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good talk time talking about it. It's going to be fun. So with that being said, let's get into the state of things, baby. All right, all right, all right, all right. The state of things. It is 2020 and it is an election year and we are getting into the thick of it. And it's only going to get juicier from here. But we're going to start this off with an ad that Biden put up. Biden put up. And we're going to talk about what these ads do and what they don't do. And I think it's going to be fun. So with that being said... Let's get to the business. This is a Joe Biden for president off of Joe Biden's YouTube channel. Let's go. Early January, Donald Trump is first warned of the virus. He ignores it. We have it totally under control. It's uh, going to be just fine. Oh, he really? Defends the Chinese government instead. January 30th. Trump's own cabinet secretary warns of a pandemic, raising yes. concerns yes. that the Chinese government isn't being transparent. Trump oh calls him an alarmist. We think we have it very well under control. We're working very closely with China and other countries, and we think it's going to have a very good ending for us. The next day, the Dow plummets 600 points. Desperate to protect the stock market from sliding further, Trump continues to deny the threat and praise the Chinese government. 
Department. We're doing great in our country, China. I spoke with President Xi, and they're working President very, very hard. And I think it's going to all work out. It's all going to work out, baby. Like by April, you know, in theory, when it gets a little warmer, it miraculously goes away. But global cases more than double, spreading to over 24 countries. February 25th, one of the CDC's top experts, Nancy Messonnier, speaks out, warning it could soon become a full-scale pandemic. Full-scale. Disruption to everyday life may be severe. And I told my children that while I didn't think that they were at risk right now, we as a family need to be preparing for significant disruption of our lives. Mr. Trump was, quote, furious as he watched the stock market crash after her comments. Trump didn't want to upset the markets. So for nope. the last five days of February, the Trump administration took to the airwaves to deny the truth. We have contained this, I won't say airtight, but pretty close to airtight. That's Thanks bullshit. President and this team's aggressive containment efforts, this disease, as Dr. Shukin said, is contained. February 27th, nah, the dog. sees through the denials. The Dow continues to plunge. Plunging. keeps up the false message. Yep. It will go away. Just stay calm. It will go away. Keep it calm and carry on. Very well. April turns into May. The virus doesn't disappear. There is no miracle. The cases mount. The death toll grows. More than 33 million Americans lose their jobs to the pandemic. Unemployment reaches Great Depression era levels. Ouch. Donald Trump doesn't understand. We have an economic crisis because we have a public health crisis. Do. And we have a public health crisis because he refused to act. Donald Trump didn't build a great economy. His failure to lead destroyed one. Ooh. Juicy Joe Biden. That was juicy. Damn, that's intense. And here's the thing. I'm going to break this down for you real quick. What did it do? What did that thing effectively do? It shared information that is accurate. It has been confirmed. All that stuff was said. Now it's, and I don't even feel like it's misleading. I don't think it's misleading at all. Because this is the, this is the issue that Trump, that the people have with, with Trump's response to the coronavirus pandemic, right? It wasn't that his actions necessarily behind closed doors, that his actions weren't appropriate. I don't think there was any stopping this thing from, from becoming what it has become. And I think the travel ban from China was a good idea. And he's been constantly criticized from that. Uh, or, or, or he was constantly criticized from that in the beginning from the left. And they've since kind of walked that back. But the way that he conducted himself publicly, which you have to think was because of the economy, was because of this thing that his his big his big fucking hard dick that he was showing everybody. This is the economy. This is what we've done. This is the the best economy the world's ever seen. As if you can really test testify to that at all. But one of the things that that he was trying to do was save face. One of the things he was trying to do was really show that he had this thing under control. His his ego is so fucking unhinged that he couldn't take the L. You got to take the L sometimes. Sometimes you got to say, this is fucked up. We got to do something about this, and we're trying to figure it out. But it's by no means over. It's by no means airtight. It's by no means contained. They fucking knew this shit, and they're going to get this rubbed in their face until the election, until election time. Now, do I think it'll make a difference? Probably not. It'll make for some good content, that's for sure. But looking at this whole thing and the way that he conducted himself in his public-facing persona was the issue. 
was very much the issue. And now the weird thing is this 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 virtue signaling from Joe Biden that that he's tough on China and 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 we'll get into that in, in a little bit in this next ad is completely full of shit. Completely full of shit. So Looking at this whole thing, the biggest criticism I feel is the way that he misled the public. And now we've got this deal about him taking hydroxychloroquine and he's taking that every day, which makes no sense at all. But you got to think he has more information than we have. That's for sure. And looking at this whole thing, it is just a fucking dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. It's going to continue to be a dumpster fire. And if Joe Biden or President Trump, is a, whoever wins the election, it's going to continue to be a dumpster fire. We don't really have a good way out of this. We don't have a good option. And I would, I, I long for the days, not the Obama days, not the Bush days. I mean, that's all I really have context on because I wasn't even old enough to vote until Obama was running for president. But if I look back and try and, and, and accumulate as much data as possible, I long for the days we had two fucking decent options. And then even to, to, to think about that, why do we only have two fucking options? Why is the why do the the RNC and the DNC have so much control over our options? We get people that are so far away from the majority of the country that we have to decide between these two fucking clowns. What are we doing? What is this? What is this system? Why in this era in 20 fucking 20 do we not have a way to do this better? And then we have one candidate. I mean, shit, we have both candidates looking back at the past, right? We have we have the Reagan economics crowd just worshiping Trump. And then we have the Obama crowd worshiping Biden. It really doesn't make any sense. Can we not move forward? Can we not move forward to something else? Can we not make some real shifts? And we act as if it's absolute, and if it's that polarizing, it's not. It's not. There is a way that we can deregulate, right? When you talk about healthcare, there's a way we can deregulate the insurance companies and find a way to provide healthcare to all people in this country. There is a way to do that, and it's not through partisanism. And that's a huge topic. That is a huge topic on everyone's mind. And now we have a health fucking crisis. And it's getting shown to us. And I'm curious what the economic fallout of the people who had coronavirus and are now going to have to be stuck with those medical bills, what that's going to look like downstream. Who knows? We have no fucking clue because our system is the best of or the worst of both worlds. We have a system, a healthcare system that is the worst of both worlds. And we have people trying to build a wall and then try to return to normalcy. That's our two options. Build a wall or return to normalcy. What is this? Where's this nostalgia for the normal we had four years ago? Where's, why do we have nostalgia for a president whose cabinet was picked by fucking Citibank? You know, at least you can say during this pandemic, we got a $1,200 check. Most of us did. We didn't have that in 2008. You know who was running the, 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 the put the shit back together plan for, for Obama? Major banks, corporations, that's who. The people of, in the same situation, the people were last on the list of things they gave a fuck about. So we look at this, it's like, what do we have nostalgia for here? Where's, what, what, why are we running on fucking nostalgia? 
Why is that the thing? You know, we got we got the the, the Obama slogan was we can, yes we can and hope and all this other shit, but it was more of the same. And I swear to God, if the DNC subs in Hillary Clinton at the last minute for this, oh my God, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And that's something people are talking about. A Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama presidency or fucking campaign. What? She lost, man. She lost because she's unlikable and she's a shitty politician that has a shitty record. Was it 2012 when she came around to gay marriage? 2012. When she came around to gay marriage. Are you fucking joking me? What do we have nostalgia for here? Things are changing. The world is changing. Some people don't like it. South Park said it well. Truck driving and coal mining aren't exactly jobs of the future. That's a pill we've got to fucking swallow and do something about. But holding on for four more years or eight more years or 20 more years to shit that does not really work for us anymore is delaying the inevitable. You're kicking the can down the road. You got to pull the fucking Band-Aid off. They didn't want to do it with Bernie Sanders. And now we're paying the fucking price. We have a, a, a guy that can't talk Who's, who's in China's back pocket. And that's what we're moving on next. Here's the next Trump ad. The Trump ad about Joe Biden, of course. So let's see. This one is from, this is actually not from Trump himself. This is America First Action Super PAC. So this, is the, this is where that money comes from. This is where they get those dollar, dollar, dollar bills. Let's get into it. Communist China hid their outbreak from the world, silenced their doctors, shut down investigations, and blamed America. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, labeling COVID-19 a foreign virus. The Biden plan will protect China. Banning all travel will not stop it. Joe Biden has defended China for four decades. What a beautiful history we wrote together. To stop China, you have to stop Joe Biden. America First Action is responsible for the contents of this advertising. It's all true. That's the sad part. It's all true. This ad is true. Biden's ad was true. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Why are these our choices? That's the question to ask yourself. Why are these our choices? Not which team do you want to be on. Not which makes you feel better. Not which person puts on the right face for you when they're standing at the podium and makes you feel good and warm and fuzzy inside while they're in the back room with the fucking big banks. It's all true. Trump's easy on China. Biden's easy on China. And not to, not to mention Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, and the company that he was on the board for, got a fat $1. billion loan from the Chinese government. You don't think that shit's going to come up in a debate? Joe Biden has a shitty record. A shitty record. And that's our choice. That's what we got. That's what we're going with. That's really what you're going with right there. Come on. This is what we've got. And I look at this thing and I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand 
how this all came to be. And we have driven such a divide in this country. We, and we've perpetuated it. It's not just Trump's fault. We, and this thing is, we look at all this stuff. Trump gets criticized for putting kids in cages at the border because the border was a big policy point for him. But those regulations were put in place under Obama too. Obama takes drone strikes up 200 some odd percent. Trump goes up 400 some odd percent. Is one better? I, I, they're both shit. They are both shit. And I look at, I mean, this, this ad, you're going to try, Joe, Joe Biden, you're going to try, you're going to try and pretend that you're tough on China? Really, motherfucker. That's the way you're, go, that's where you're going with this. You're going to take the, I'm going to be tough on China approach. Really? Same thing with Trump though. My friend, President Xi. You're both fucking puppets. You both are fucking puppets. I can't handle this shit, man. This is crazy. This makes no sense. This makes no sense. And why in the actual fuck did Bernie not do something about this? Why was this not his whole campaign? He had to say this, my friend Joe Biden bullshit. I think Joe Biden can beat Trump. Nobody, nobody in their right mind that's not a delusional Democrat thinks that Joe Biden can beat Donald Trump. Nobody. Nobody who watched the debates, nobody who's seen him speak. I mean, you know what? Let's just get into something else here. We got some more fun for you. We got some more good shit. All right, here is here is our good friend, Joe Biden just speaking from his home on an interview. And uh, let's hear what he has to say. 85. Excuse me there with a little bit of a hiccup. All right, here we go. This is not a moment for excuses or deflections or blame game. We're, 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 it's, we're in the middle of a pandemic that had cost us more than 85,000 jobs as of a pandemic that's cost us more than 85,000 jobs? Really? 80, you mean 37 million jobs? Of today, lives of millions of people. Millions of people. Lives of millions of people. No, sir. No. We're at 91,000 today. Millions of jobs. You know, and we're in a position where, you know, we just got new unemployment insurance this morning, uh, numbers, 36.5 million claims since this crisis began, and almost 3 million new claims in the last week. The unemployment rate is nearing 15%, the highest it's been since the Great Depression, but I need not tell you all that. Of course, it's it's the least well-off for being hit the hardest, 40% of the households making $40,000 $40,000 or less experienced a job loss. Justin. He tries to back, he, he, try, he tries to backpedal there, but dude, this isn't the only time he's made this mistake on national television. He's done the same shit. He said millions of lives at least twice. Now it'd be different if he just misspoke and this was an isolated incident, isolated incident. This is the man. This is him. This is what you get. 
This is what you get with Joe Biden. What are we doing? The guy can't fucking put his words together. I don't give a shit if he's 1 million percent fully functional in his dome. It doesn't come out of his mouth that way, and that's fucking important. I wouldn't be hosting a podcast if I couldn't use my fucking words. I'd be doing something else. And in the same sense, you can't be Joe Rogan and you can't be the fucking president of the United States if you can't use your fucking words, man. I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. Your time has passed. Please get the fuck out of here. But this is what we've got. This is what we've got. This is what we've got to deal with. Now, I'm obviously a little heated today. Things have not gone my way, but this is fucking horseshit. And the more I look into it and the more research I do, the more frustrated I become. You know the reason that the president of the United States is in the, is in the, in the back pocket of China? Because China is the second largest market after the United States. And money rules everything. Cash rules everything around me. Hollywood won't make movies that are anti-China. You can't have Chinese villains anymore. The only people that have the stones to do it are Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And the, I think the last, the last show I saw, the last movie I saw, that, gave, that ripped on China, ripped on America just as much. And it's called Team America. And if you haven't seen Team America from the creators of South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, then you're fucking missing out. Fantastic show. And that's the thing. You have pride to be an American, but you got to understand that we're in their back pocket because our economy is built on China. They are the foundation of our economy. It's where all of our fucking manufacturing jobs went. That's where Hollywood is catering to. That's what we're doing here. That's exactly it. And to think that either one of these motherfuckers are going to be tough on China, give me a break. Give me a break. The banks need it. Trump's economy needs it. You know the hard pill we have to swallow when it comes to fucking bringing jobs back here? Shit's going to be more expensive. But is it worth the cost? And these people, they're going to stroke off capitalism as if it's the, if it's the end-all, be-all. No, it has glaring holes. And this is one of them. We're experiencing it right now. When you create a healthcare system that is based on capitalist principles, the goal then becomes making money, not saving lives. Not a better well-being of the country. When you have a, a, a health system that is based on capitalist principles, it benefits from people being sick. It doesn't benefit from vaccines and medication that is used one time. It benefits from you using it over and over and over again. I had this conversation with my boss at a company I used to work for where they made supplements and fitness equipment. And the funny thing is, this is very similar to the way the healthcare system works. But you could, you buy a kettlebell, right? You're going to buy a kettlebell. You buy a kettlebell one time. That kettlebell will survive a fucking nuclear explosion. But if you want your multivitamins, you want your nootropics, you want your gut, you want your prebiotics and pro, uh, and, and, and <laughs> you fuck, I'm fucking fired up. Sorry. You want your prebiotics and your, and your probiotics. You got to buy that shit every month. 
it runs out. It runs out. That's the same thing with your Oxycontin. That's the same thing with your, well, how, can, how can we make insulin more expensive? How can we increase our profit margins on insulin? Because people have to have that or they fucking die. How can, we, how can we, as Johnson & Johnson, buy up small biotech companies, gut their R&D budget, and then mark up their fucking medication 600-700%? Because we need good quarterly returns. You want to tell me that's, they're, 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 benef- that they're benefiting from you being well? Absolutely fucking not. People need to be on dialysis machines. So that the people that make dialysis machines can keep making them and keep getting paid. Now, does it drive innovation? Absolutely. But does it come at a cost? Absolutely. So to think that we're not going to keep playing that fucking game because where do these people get the money to for their campaigns? Watch MSNBC. Watch Fox News. Every commercial break. Pharmaceuticals. 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 How about someone has the fucking balls, and if they're lady, lady balls, courage, whatever you want to say, but whatever it is, to say, hey, you know what, how about we do this, like every other fucking country in the world that has their shit together, we don't allow pharmaceutical companies to market on TV. Oh, I'm a socialist. Oh, I'm a communist. Oh, I'm not for the free market. Well, fuck you. How about that? It's fucking bullshit. What are we going to do about this? We're going to keep playing the same fucking song and dance. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep doing the same fucking thing over and over and over again, like Groundhog Day with white dude after white dude after white dude. And then mix one Obama in the, th- in the, fucking, in the fucking equation to make yourself feel better, but it's really the same bullshit. That's the way we're going to act. Then we deserve this shit. If we can't see past the fucking layer of nonsense that we're getting fed every day, then we fucking deserve this. We deserve Trump and we deserve Biden and we deserve Hillary's fucking nonsense. It's on us because no one cares enough to know that the fucking news mainstream media is a commodity. It's a consumer product. It's no different than a goddamn Marvel movie. Rachel Maddow is fucking Thor, okay? So why don't you get your shit together, find some real information, and use that to make your decisions, not what makes you feel superior or makes you feel like a holdout or make you, makes you feel like better about yourself because that's what's perpetuated this entire problem. Let me, let, me have the, let me have the political beliefs that make me feel better about myself. Let me feel, I'll, I'll, feel superior, I'll be on a moral high ground above the MAGA people, the rural people of the world, the people that like guns. And if you're on the other side, I'm going, to be on, I'm going to be on the high ground where I want liberty. I want liberty. That's why I support the Second Amendment. I want freedom. You're being controlled just as much by the other side. You're a fucking puppet with strings if you believe that shit. And you're going to go down the rabbit hole, and then we're going to complain. No matter what, we're going to fucking complain constantly. But we won't do anything about it because we have to pull the fucking Band-Aid off. It's going to suck for a while. Just like in life, getting your shit together sucks for a while. It's a fucking joke. But we've got to get our shit together. 
or this whole thing is going to implode, which would be great, honestly, in my opinion. What are we even doing? We're not taking care of people. We're not moving in a direction that makes any fucking sense. We've just taken LBGTQ community stuff and we've taken fucking Second Amendment stuff and abortion and religion and freedom and all this other bullshit and just they just dangle it in front of our faces so we can we'll, we'll just keep following the carrot on a string. It's marketing. These people don't give a fuck about you. There are very few politicians who actually give a fuck. They may think that they give a fuck, but they're so deluded. But we had one in Bernie Sanders who just happened to be a shitty politician. Probably because he gives a fuck. It's hard to be a politician and give a fuck. It is hard. So that's a tough road to hoe. And that's why we're here. You want to look back on Reagan? You want to look back on Obama? Be my guest. But you're not doing a goddamn thing to move this place forward. Not doing a goddamn thing. Oh, man. Now, with that, with that rant, I knew I was going to be fired up today. I'm going to give you something to think about. Something to think about. Whew. I think I got my heart rate down a little bit there, but not much. What I wanted to get into today is, is this idea, this concept that I've been exploring a little bit with this book called Hate Incorporated. And it's by Matt Taibbi. It's a fantastic book. Uh, I'm trying to put together a, a review of that book right now, but it, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot in there. But he brings up two people in particular that everyone should be familiar with, Sean Hannity and Rachel Maddow. Sean Hannity and Rachel Maddow, and I want to look at and just give you something to think about when it comes to the mirroring of topics. Now, we saw a good example of that in these two ads, or if you're listening, you heard a few example, a good example of that in these two ads. Of the same stance taken by both, the same criticism, taken by both parties towards the other candidate. Now that happens on every single issue from abortion to gun laws, to Obamagate, to Russiagate, to fill in the blank, fill in the blank. But if you really look at it and if you, if you consume both sides, which I've been doing my best to do over the, over the past several months, they're mirrors. They're fucking mirrors. They're inverses of each other. And what I want you to think about is where do you get caught in that trap? I've been caught in that trap. I mean, the more I've done this show, the more, the more I've backed off from either side. The more I ever, every month seems like every week I take a step back and I take a step back and I reevaluate what I'm thinking. Why am I thinking that? And what I realized is that I was getting sold bullshit and I was buying it. 
So this concept of, of mirroring perspectives on one thing is actually incredibly powerful if done appropriately. If you can look at one topic and get the progressive view, the conventional Democrat view, the libertarian view, and the conventional Republican view, right? And let's leave Antifa and the alt-right out of this because they're, they're as invalid as one another. They kind of cancel each other out. But when it comes to a topic, these bipolar styles of sharing perspective, if you only really absorb one, you've got to ask yourself the question, why am I really attached to that view? What is it about that view that validates me? And if you can't really consider the other side, there's a problem. If you can't empathize with the other side, I would venture to say that you're part of the problem. So when you look at this whole thing and these mirroring views on the same issues, cherry-picking facts, cherry-picking data, and overlaying it on their narrative that they need you to buy, they need you to think that something's an existential threat to the point where we're exhausted, so they have to do it. They have to up the dose. Let's up the dose. Let's up the dose of threat level, threat level, threat level, threat level midnight. Donald Trump is an existential threat. Joe Biden is, God, who even fucking knows anymore? But one of the most powerful things you can do is question yourself. So can you question why you believe what you believe and where it validates you? So at least you can be honest with yourself when it comes to political views. It's an interesting thing to see. And I've seen... <laughs> From my little adventures on TikTok, I've seen a lot of young people, really young people that still live with their parents type young people, having very strong views, very strong views, conservative and liberal especially. But it's hard to have strong views on abortion when you never had the fear of someone being pregnant. And it's hard to have strong views on tax reform when you've never paid taxes. And it's hard to have fucking views on... <laughs> On healthcare, when you're on your parents' insurance. Right? And not that you all out there, I'm assuming most of you are <laughs> aged out of that bracket, but at the same time, where is that lingering in you? Where is the idea? What ideas are you holding on to that you may be able to let go of? It's an interesting thing to think about. Can you consider and understand? Why someone would think and believe what they believe when they are opposed to you. Now we have, sometimes we have a lot of ex a good opportunities to do that with our family, right? Me and my mom could not be further apart on a lot of issues, but I do my best and she's not very good at this, but I do my best to really try and understand where she's coming from. What would I need to have experienced to, to believe that? It's something to think about. It is something to think about. Now, I love doing this show. It's a fun time. If you can, head over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, drop a five-star review on iTunes. And at the end of the day, just enjoy yourself. This is crazy. You can get sucked into it, as I do. I don't recommend that to anybody. <laughs>
But we're having a good time. And we'll see how the shadow ban works out. Maybe I should just use it as a point of pride that I got shadow banned. Who knows? But you guys keep your head on straights. Straights? Keep your head on straight. Understand where you're being validated. Question your views. Empathize if you can. Let's move this motherfucker forward. We'll see y'all next time.